0: This is Jake Brown and I'm the credit manager for Egg Services. We are pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for your success.
1: Good morning farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Coonan in studio. We'll have reports with Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor as well. A clipper-type low-pressure system is coming out of Canada, bringing light snow to portions of northeast North Dakota this morning. That snow starting to push into northwest Minnesota as well. The National Weather Service says one to two inches of light snow is possible. Winds will be picking up tonight in the Red River Valley, which increases the possibility of blowing snow.
2: Minnesota Governor Tim Walz will release his budget proposal this afternoon. Minnesota has a budget surplus of nearly $18 billion, and that figure is expected to go higher with the February budget forecast.
1: Minnesota Agriculture Commissioner Tom Peterson is on track to continue in his role. That after yesterday's Senate Ag Committee hearing. Red River Farm Network Farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more.
3: The Minnesota Senate Ag Committee unanimously voted to recommend confirmation of Ag Commissioner Tom Peterson for a second term. Peterson says he looks forward to working on specific issues in the next four years.
4: Some things that we didn't get to uh, that I'd like to address in the next four years, uh, land preservation. Uh, We have some good programs in our state. We have an ag land preservation law. We have uh, green acres, we have uh, a lot of different things, but we eat up a lot of our good farmland every year. And so we're actually finally doing like a working group that's actually going to meet uh, this next uh, month. And it took me four years to move on it, but I'm moving on it and it's something I want to continue to do. We want to continue to build out our biofuels in the state, farm transfer, dairy programs are, I think, really essential.
3: Peterson also says climate change will be a focus.
4: Uh, climate impacts is something I want to continue to work on. We definitely have a changing climate. You're going to see in our budget package that's released tomorrow uh, a lot of aggressive things that I think are proactive to farmers. There are things that, uh, whether it's addressing soil health or changing our uh, tillage practices, uh, new crops, uh, things like that, that are going to not blame farmers or anything for climate change, but show how farmers can be the solution to climate change.
3: The committee received letters of support for Commissioner Peterson from several farm groups including Minnesota State Cattlemen's Minnesota Farmers Union, Minnesota Farm Bureau, Minnesota Corn and Soybean Growers Associations, Minnesota Grocers Association and others. The recommendation will be passed on to the full Senate for official confirmation. Reporting agriculture's business on the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman a
2: bill to allow non-family corporations to own livestock operations will be heard in the north dakota legislature on friday house agriculture committee chairman paul thomas is carrying the bill and it will be heard for the first time in his committee with the expansion of the soybean crush business in the state lawmakers are considering a change in the corporate farming law to attract swine poultry dairy and aquaculture
1: operations A bill proposing a sales tax exemption for the sale of grain bins in North Dakota is being referred to the Legislative Management Committee for further study. HB 1370 was heard in the House Finance and Taxation Committee yesterday. Representative Jared Haggard of Emerito introduced that bill. We've had a, a huge increase in announced projects dealing with soybean crushing and corn wet milling. Um, these projects obviously don't store all of what they need for the year, and there is a need to incentivize construction of, of on-farm storage um, to take care of the influx of product that remains in-state. Representatives of seven different agriculture groups testified in favor of this bill. There was no testimony in opposition.
2: Mexico's proposed ban on biotech corn imports brought USDA Undersecretary Alexis Taylor and Agriculture Trade Ambassador Doug McCallop to Mexico City for another round of negotiations. In a statement, the U.S. trade officials said the proposal is not based in science and would disrupt billions of dollars in trade. The United States will look at all options, including formal steps, to resolving this dispute through the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement.
1: Brazil and Argentina are considering a plan to create a common cur- uh, currency. The proposed currency would operate in conjunction with the Brazil real and Argentine peso, it would reduce the region's reliance on the U.S. dollar. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.
2: Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Advanced Trading Ag Risk Management Advisor Tommy Grisafi says a large crop in Brazil, coupled with plentiful global wheat supplies, had traders taking money off the table yesterday.
5: We're going to look back and realize on that run-up on the Ukraine war, there was really... The world was never running out of grain. It was just misplaced that there was a lot of grain in Ukraine. That grain is slowly, every day, leaving it. And, of course, Russia and other countries have produced big crops. And South America, Brazil in particular, is uh, producing a really big crop and some rains in, of all places, Argentina. So that's going to affect things also. And it's, uh, it's tough love. I mean, rain makes grain. Demands down a little bit.
2: And Grisafi says this grain market could get painful in a hurry.
5: Here's the tricky part. I believe the fund, not, not speculating, the funds are long. A lot of these products, and they added to their length, and the farmer's long bushels from 22 and a lot of the 23 crops. So you have a farmer who is naked long and a hedge fund who's caught long, and the markets are now selling off. So if these funds start to liquidate these long positions, you're going to see some pain in the grain market, and that'll then trigger a little panic selling from the
1: farmer. Water hemp remains a problematic disease in the region. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor report.
3: NDSU Extension weed specialist Joe Eichly says water hemp is becoming a major problem for dry bean and soybean producers.
0: I'd like to show a map where we've basically confirmed the presence of water hemp in at least every county in the eastern half of North Dakota. Going into Minnesota, I don't think we've exactly tracked all the counties, but I'd just say at least for those that border North Dakota. If it's in the North Dakota side, expect it's in the same counties in Minnesota. So that, that just shows a map of where we found it. But if we really kind of focus on where water hemp is is a major problem in North Dakota, it's really kind of I would say the southeast corner of the state. And so if you look at something like Richland or Cass County, especially in the valley, it's really probably our worst weed. Basically, where we don't have kochia, water hemp is is one of our worst weeds.
3: Spring water movement has caused water hemp to migrate northward
0: waterhemp does continue to march north every year uh, especially after major flood years and the seed does float and so that's one of the reasons why we do see uh, waterhemp continuing to spread north and so that's why we want to get some more information specifically for dry beans is, is knowing that where we've had waterhemp the worst for the longest time not the the biggest acreage counties for dry beans but now it is starting to flood north and get into grand forks and walsh county and Pembina county and, and again the same on the minnesota side and Now we're into some very, uh, very productive driving areas, and knowing it would be a challenge, it's kind of one of the reasons why we focused the research trials on water hemp and driving.
3: Reporting agriculture's business. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network.
0: Cases of white
2: mold popped up for dry bean growers last spring with moist cool conditions. NDSU plant pathologist Michael Wunsch says a coarser spray droplet can penetrate thicker foliage better.
6: You need to get a coarser droplet to get inside and when I say coarser, uh, that you typically means a medium droplet if you're at 80 to 90% closure and typically means a coarse droplet if, if you're you know, at or very near closure. Uh, and that would be a coarse droplet with T-Jet nozzles uh, and you learn what pressure to use and what nozzles to use at which driving speed with, uh, you look at your T-Jet catalog, you look at the charts there and you just uh, you know, pair, uh, look at the driving speed you're going and pair the, the nozzle and the pressure that'll give you the desired droplet size. And for
2: the upcoming year, launch is focusing on white mold management for pintos and kidneys. Uh,
6: on pinto beans for white mold, our big, our big thing here is uh, following up on our, on our droplet size work and we're doing the same with the kidneys. Um, but on the pinto beans, we uh, are lacking clarity on when you should be applying a fine droplet at that first fungicide application versus a medium droplet at that first fungicide application. The way that we were characterizing the the, uh, canopy in terms of percent canopy closure didn't seem to help us predict which of those droplet sizes would be optimal at that first timing.
1: USDA is offering another round of assistance for dairy farmers. This includes a second round of payments through the Pandemic Market Volatility Assistance Program, There's nearly $100 million left from a $350 million commitment under this program that will cover a level of production that was not eligible in the first round of payments. The National Milk Producers Federation praised USDA for resolving a gap in this relief effort. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.
2: Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The South Dakota Corn Utilization Council's job is to find new ways to use corn. Corn Council President Chad Blundauer says potential project in Brookings is a main focus right now.
1: Recently our biggest our biggest project is um, helping to fund the bioprocessing lab in Brookings, which is hopefully will be a big, uh, a big advantage for corn growers in the state. And
2: research is essential to advancements in corn utilization.
5: That facility looks at
1: processing and really um, everything dealing with corn. And for us, a big thing that we're always looking for is new uses because. You never know what that big project is, that big new use of corn, without uh, facilities to do the research. Acres and Shares is reporting 119 shares of American Crystal Sugar Company Sugar Beet Shares, sold during the week ending on the 20th. The high price was 4650 bucks per share. The low was $4,600. The average share price just over $4,614 per share. So far during this uh, 2022-2023 trading season, 1,900 shares have sold at an average price of $4,590 per share. Union workers at
2: the C&H Industrial Tractor Plants in Racine, Wisconsin and Burlington, Iowa, have agreed to a new contract. More than 1,000 union employees have been on strike for the last nine months. Labor Secretary Martin Walsh helped mediate the final deal.
1: The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has pushed back the effective date of the Endangered Species Act designation for the lesser prairie chicken until the end of March. The population in the south being listed as endangered, while those in the northern areas are considered threatened.
2: If the International Dairy Foods Association and National Milk Producers Federation cannot come to terms on federal milk marketing order reform in the next month, IDFA will submit its own proposal to USDA. The two groups have been meeting on dairy policy but have not resolved all of their differences. The IDFA represents dairy processors, while National Milk represents dairy farmers and their cooperatives.
1: We have some green on the screen this morning. The Minneapolis wheat March nine and a half higher at eight ninety seven and a quarter. Chicago wheat March five and three quarter higher. And hard red winter wheat for March a gain of ten and three quarters. The corn market for March five and a half higher, six seventy one and three quarters. New crop corn one and a half higher. Soybeans for March nine higher, fourteen ninety nine and a quarter. And for July soybeans, a gain of seven and a half cents. As we check the farm calendar, NDSU Extension has its getting it right in corn production webinar today. That's from 8.30 till noon. Again, that is an online event talking about uh, everything from uh, soil health, weed management, disease management, and a market update as well. The Cow-Calf Day is going on in Minnesota. This is their 50th anniversary of these seminars and trade shows. Uh, they're in Staples this morning at 9.30 and uh, coming up this evening at 5.30 at the American Legion in Bagley. Also on tap, Irie insurance has a number of meetings going on uh, today in Devil's Lake, Anetta, and in Hope, North Dakota. Have yourself a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.